Welcome to Ripple Effect Connection. I'm your host, Christy Hugic. Our mission is to empower you with valuable insights and actionable strategies that can truly enrich your life. I am excited to bring you Coach's Corner. This series will open the door to a treasure trove of wisdom and practical guidance from some of the most influential coaches in their fields. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to one of my regular contributors and one of my good friends, Debbie Marlowe. She's been in the health and wellness space for over 30 years, has experience as a massage therapist. She is a fellow graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and like me, is also an advanced level Whole30 certified coach. She's helped hundreds of people navigate their health journey through practical tips and tricks. Debbie and her husband have wholeheartedly embraced the RV lifestyle, and they enthusiastically document their outdoor escapades on social media alongside their cherished lab mix companions, Theodore and Zuzu. In this episode, we look at Whole30. Together, we'll reveal the profound impact it had on both of our health journeys and on us as coaches. We will share how to use Whole30 as a tool versus a diet will also help you visualize how this self-experiment can be integrated into your own personal journey to show you what foods truly work best for you. Time now for our Coach's Corner with Debbie Marlowe. Welcome to the podcast, Debbie. This is the first of many appearances to come for you on what we call a Coach's Corner episode. You are a regular contributor. You'll be on here all the time. You and I will be diving into a bunch of interesting topics that we've already talked about. I know that you and I have coached a ton of groups and clients individually. So we'll be talking today about Whole30, something that really is the source of where you and I met. So let's go back and start with that. For you, why did Whole30 help springboard your health journey? I had just turned 40, and this was many, many moons ago. And my asthma, I have had asthma my entire life, and my asthma was totally out of control. Um, As as an asthmatic, a lifelong asthmatic, when you get older, things kind of start to get uh, a little crazy if you don't get things under control. So I knew that I needed to really look deep into some nutrition, and I found the paleo diet. Um, And this was, I think there was uh, Dr. Lauren Cordain had just written the book, and there was probably four or five people out there, Rob Wolf, uh, a couple other folks espousing the um, benefits of the paleo diet. And so I really looked into it, and I thought, this makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I had looked at several different protocols, and none resonated with me like uh, paleo did. So, um, so I started that January, I started doing paleo and in the course of all my research and whatnot, I also found Whole30, which Whole30 is just a paleo elimination diet. Elimination diets are not anything new. Um, there's all sorts of different kind of elimination diets, depending on what you're, what you're trying to treat. Um, and Whole30 when I, I, I did paleo for about about six months and then decided to try a Whole30. And um, it was a really great tool, and it really helped a lot. Um, paleo and Whole30 showed me that um, grains were not my friend, gluten was not my friend, um, some dairy was not my friend, and kind of just uh, it was a, a great self-experiment to learn more about myself. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, it was uh, a part of my health journey too, just to give people a background. I mean, this is how Debbie and I met. We had both done a whole 30. We became coaches. That's when we started working together. Uh, Debbie's one of the kindest souls when you become a, a whole 30 coach. Debbie's always so kind to take you under her wing. And I was from Florida and uh, it was natural that she always uh, gravitated to all of us Floridians and took good care of us. So then Debbie and I started working together. But for me, when I started Whole30, it was because I had gotten diagnosed with MS, but I knew there was a nutritional component to what my success was going to look like in the future. So I dug in, you know, 10 toes right away and said, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I did 60 days at first. We can talk about that later, but I did 60 days out of the gate. And I just felt like I did learn a lot about myself. We know that you do have to sometimes dig deeper and, you know, with autoimmune, sometimes you do have to dig deeper. But for me, it was a springboard to, to bigger things also. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering and you really maybe you've heard of what of Whole30, but you're not quite sure what it is. Debbie, can you describe what Whole30 is and how someone would know if it's right for them? Again, Whole30 is an elimination diet and it's... Um it's it's a great experiment because you you take these things out of your diet for 30 days and that way your body has a chance to heal. So for instance, say um my gluten situation, I take gluten out for um 30 days and then when I reintroduce it, I reintroduce it systematically. I reintroduce it at each meal. Um, so that I'm not just getting a small dose, I'm getting a pretty hefty dose. And then I listen to what my body tells me for the next 24 or 48 hours. So if I have gluten, for me, one of my main um, symptoms would be I would start have I'd start wheezing or have an asthma attack. Um, you know, you might have anxiety, you might have skin issues, you might have any number of things, but you will know, by taking that dose, so to speak, um, you'll say, okay, wait, something's not right here. And it might not, it might be something very subtle. And so you might need to experiment a little bit more to see if that really truly is what it is. Uh, you know, like if you have a headache, is it because of the gluten or is it just because you really didn't drink enough water yesterday? Well, if it could be that you didn't drink enough water yesterday, let's experiment again. And so you just learn how to experiment with yourself. And I think that is probably one of the greatest um, attributes to Whole30 is it teaches you how to self-experiment. And that is something that once you learn how to do that, you start to apply it to everything. Yeah, and you touched on something that's really, really important. We, we have seen a lot of people use Whole30 as a weight loss diet. And no matter how many times it's said, we know we have people that do that. So here comes my favorite punchline, Debbie. If you're going to commit to a Whole30, <laughs> Debbie mentioned reintroduction. You need to commit to doing the reintroduction. Why in the world would it. you Let do, do all that work to not get the information you came for? Let me do it because uh, we have a group going on right now, and I think I've seen it, said it four times in the last week, is... Doing a whole 30 without doing a reintroduction is like telling a punchline or telling a joke without the punchline. And then I messed it up. See that? But it is true. If what is the point of taking this stuff out for 30 days if you're not going to do the experiment? It just drives me crazy. And lots of people 
come to us for coaching because they've done the whole 30 and they've done the quote unquote diet portion, but then they fell off, you know, on day 31, they fell into a pizza and now they don't know if it was the cheese, was it the nightshades, was it the gluten, you know, was it all three together? So, so yeah, when, whenever we coach anybody, and I, I know I can talk for Christy when we say this, that if you're not going to do the reintroduction, don't bother grabbing a coach because it will drive us absolutely crazy. <laughs> it does. We become the reintroduction police. We've got like, you know, helmets on. We've got red lights flashing. We are the reintroduction police. But it is so, so important. And that leads to what's called food freedom. And we can explain yeah. that in another podcast. So that's like a separate topic. But food freedom is basically in a nutshell. It is having that information and then making these educated decisions about what you're eating. So maybe gluten is an issue for you. So a beer right. when you go out is not good, but maybe a glass of wine works, you know, and you can learn those things so you can make better choices. So it's never too early to commit to reintroduction. That's what I would say. But yeah, don't don't come to us for sure if you're not going to commit to that reintroduction because we definitely want you to see it through to get the benefits the other thing that I think happens, right, we're going to talk about this. I mentioned I do the whole 60. I had a very calculated, structured way I wanted to do things. I was trying to reduce inflammation, a great deal of inflammation. And so maybe my reasoning for doing a whole 60 is not the average Joe's reason for doing a whole 60. So many times people will start feeling good, Debbie, and then they want to stay on the whole 30. What can you say about that? I have dabbled with Whole60. <clears throat> so first, let me say, Christy is a different animal for most people. And I mean that in the nicest po possible way. If you say, Christy, I need you to do this, this, and this, Christy's like, how high, how fast? She is not going to fall down on the job. She is going to follow things through. That's not most of us. Um, so what happens is you get into this whole 30 and you're 30 days in and you feel great and you're kind of scared to do the reintroduction and you don't want to reintroduce something that's not going to make you feel good. And like most of us, if a little bit's good, a lot's better, right? And so that's what we feel with whole 60. Now, there are benefits to doing 60 days of something, but what I have found time and time again is people get to about day 45 on a whole 60 and then they fall out and they do the pizza or they have a party or they have this or you just had a crappy day and they just lose it. And so now that 45 days of elimination has just been lost and they don't get to do the reintroduction. So I always have everybody do the 30 days and then we do the two weeks, the fast track reintroduction. And then for their quote unquote food freedom, which we'll talk more about another time, we can set up another, you can still do another, I don't want to call it Whole30, but you can still do another paleo plan that keeps you feeling good, keeps your hormones regulated, continues to build upon what you've been doing for the last 30 days without making it a lifestyle because an elimination diet is not meant to be a lifestyle. Your life should be big and expansive. You don't want it to be restrictive. And so that's what we want to teach people. So if you do the 30 days, you eliminate for 30 days, you do the reintroduction, you'll come out with some really good information, and then you have building blocks for what you want to do next. And I think you, you have to learn, everyone has to learn what their threshold is, what their wiggle room is. But again, like you need the reintroduction to get that information. And so let's just say you take me, for example, I, I know my wiggle room is not huge. 
I know that I have to be more careful than most. I am comfortable living in a whole 30-ish world. And what I would say is that you can, you can totally you know, attest to this, it's changed. It's a lot easier to do whole thirties now than it was before because we do have a world where so many things are Mm gluten-free now and so many people are having issues with gluten. So it's easy to get that. You can go in the store and get a whole 30 approved product. Right. That did not exist when we started. No, when I started, I was, I started in 2009, I think, well, let's see, Whole30 started in 2009, and I think I did it either early 2010 or late 2009. I mean, there wasn't even a book. It was, there weren't a lot of resources. You had to make your own mayonnaise. You know, you couldn't find a meat stick. You had to make your own jerky. I had to buy a dehydrator. I mean, it was a whole thing. And now, you know, paleo is mainstream. Whole30 is very mainstream. Um, you know, we have Whole30 approved, quote unquote, foods. Um, so it's, it's definitely a lot easier. And one thing that made it a lot easier is when you have a product and you turn it over, it has the ingredients and then most of them say allergens. And so you can just look at the allergens and see if you're on a whole 30, if it says soy, well, you don't even have to read the ingredients because you already know that you're not going to have that. So that makes things a lot easier. And that's, you know, I don't know how long they've been doing that. They've been doing that a few years now, but they certainly weren't doing it back in 2010 when I started coaching. So yeah, it's way easier now. For sure. And then I think you springboarded us nicely into what we're going to do next. So Debbie and I, drum roll, please. Debbie and I are going to give you our uh, most important, what we feel are the most important tips for success for Whole30. So I'm going to start with something that I feel like is the crux of everything, and that's your why. So my first podcast episode was about knowing your why, and I think that it applies really when you're in any journey, when you're doing anything, whether it's your day-to-day job, whether it's what you want to do involving your health, your why is your foundation. So come up with that first. When you think you have your why, we always say ask why again. So you're going to peel back layers until you get to something that's pretty deep so that when you do have a crummy day, things don't crumble. You go back and you look at that. I've told, and I know Debbie's done this too, is we've told our, our clients to put that thing on your refrigerator put it in your pantry, put it in your bathroom on the mirror if you need to. So do you want to talk about, I know Debbie, you feel like why is really important too. So why don't you give us your take on that too? Yeah. Why is really important. And I, and I feel like an armchair psychologist when I say this, but you know, people will, I'll say, okay, well, why did you want to do this in the intake form for Whole30? And they'll say, I want to lose weight. And there'll be some people, some coaches that didn't want to take people on that wanted to lose weight because it's not a weight loss diet. That's not what it's for. But I want to lose weight always, always funnels into a different, um, a different why. So why do you want to lose weight? Well, because I, I want to be more active. Okay. Why do you want to be more active? Well, you know, I saw my family just sit in chairs for years and years and years, and I don't want to be that kind of old person. Okay. Why, why don't you want to be that person? But I have, you know, grandkids or kids, and I want to make sure that I'm around for them. And you just keep asking why, you know, you can start as superficial as you want. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight because losing weight is a side effect of getting healthy. You have to get healthy first, and then you start to lose weight. But 
if you just keep digging, you will find the real reason, you know. And for me, it's I want to be a vibrant old lady. I want to be, you know, I'm near the Appalachian Trail and I see these 75, 80-year-old people and even older than that, you know, cruising around on the Appalachian Trail. Well, I want to be that chick. So you you start to figure out what's important to you and how you want to live your life. And that's how you get to your why. Yeah, for sure. And having that vision of what you want this to be. You know, we talk about that all the time. The power of the mind is is so great. And just having that thought process of this is really what I want this to look like. It can be a really powerful tool if you keep that in your mind. And, you know, you're like me, like I have a, I've had a really strong why since day one of getting diagnosed. And that's why I keep doing all the things I'm doing. And even though you get knocked down a bunch of times, because <laughs> God knows we get knocked down a bunch of times, but at the end of the day, I am going to do this. And maybe I'm stubborn, maybe I'm pigheaded, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'm persistent, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to settle, you know, for less right. than that. I'm going to keep going. So we're all going to get knocked down. And if you're struggling to find your why, I really think yeah. if you, you know, if you listen to episode one, I, you know, we go in depth on that and, and it'll really help you formulate your why. So my second tip was always planning plus preparation equals success. And what that means is just, a, I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple equation, but yet one that sometimes doesn't get executed and makes things crumble. And that is just knowing and like winging it doesn't work if you've never done this. Like, you know what? I've done this for a lot of years. I can probably wing it now. But when you're doing this the first time, it's really tough to wing, Debbie. So I know that one of your tips kind of plays into the planning and keeping it simple. So I'm going to I'm going to let you talk about that, too, right here. Yeah. Keeping it simple is key. We always do like we've got probably three weeks worth of uh, prep before you actually start because we think it's that important that you understand what you're getting into. That said, you start real you start looking at all these recipes and you're doing all this meal prep and oh my gosh, I have to do this and that and the other. It can get really overwhelming. If you are a person who loves to cook and you're Julia child, then by all means, definitely use recipes, et cetera, et cetera. There's other people. I'm an assembler. I do better just to have to cook up proteins and then, you know, put some veggies on a sheet pan and make some really good dressings. And I just like to have it all in the refrigerator. And when husband says he's hungry or whatever, I just start pulling stuff out and reheating. You know, a saute pan will take you many, many, many places. So I tell everybody, keep it simple. You know, if you love to cook and that's your hobby, then by all means do that. If you don't love to cook, learn to love to cook because the very best way, uh, the very the very best way of self-love is through home cooking. And there, you know, you know what's going in it. It's you don't have the canola oil, you don't have all the highly processed stuff. So you can get as fancy as you want. You can have all the different appliances. You can do all the different recipes. Or you can just, you know, throw some chicken and steaks on the grill, have some veggies, and drizzle some oil uh, and sauces over it and call it a day. So decide where you're at. Or you might be a little bit of both. That's, that's okay, too. Typically what I do is make a couple of recipes and then I assemble the rest. Um, but, yeah, it's just, just don't overdo it. Um, I remember I love the um, 
the app Real Plans. And Real Plans is amazing. It's a meal planning. It does your grocery list. It's amazing. But I had I had one client. I, I knew when I used it that I said, okay, I want to do Whole30, but I just want, I don't really need breakfasts and lunch. I just need like five dinners. And so you populate it that way. And I had one client, this was early, early in, and she's like, I just spent like $500, and this was probably 10 years ago, at the grocery store. And I'm like, why did you spend that? And she's like, well, I did the real plans. And she had populated breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day in real plans. And so she had so many recipes and, and things like that. So yes, you can get as crazy as you want, but just keep it simple, especially that first week to 10 days. Just get your feet under you and know what you're doing, and then you can go out and play. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's a funny. lot. That's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, that was not accounting yeah. for leftovers. So make sure you uh, account yeah. for leftovers. So you don't need every meal. I, mm-hmm. Three to four meals, depending on if you're making for the whole family, will get you through a week. And, you know, you can batch cook your protein and make some sauces, and you can really have mm-hmm. a different meal every night if you want, if you just put those components together in some way, shape, or form. So I think that holds true. And then that kind of leads me to, to the next step of all of this, which is creating an if-then plan. So you have to know yourself. So maybe Debbie's way of prepping doesn't work for you. Maybe if Debbie is batch cooking on Saturday, that's not what works for you. So you really have to get to know yourself. So think of the things that have tripped you up before. And it's as simple as saying, if I'm super busy Monday through Wednesday, then I'm always going to have my meals frozen and or prepped for those days. So it is just making that plan. I'm not kidding, write it out. It helps to write it out. It sounds silly, (laughs) but we do these things rather mindlessly sometimes. So writing it down is just a signal, you know, to your, to you that I'm acknowledging this, this exists, and this is my plan going forward. So I think that that can help. You also touched already on one thing, but we think label reading is pretty important too. And you do have to become a super sleuth these days with labels. I know we talked about how label readings changed, but you do need to read the ingredients. Well, and the interesting thing is, you know, back in the day, I was picking up dried blueberries at Sam's Club, I think it was. And, you know, for years I would pick up, uh, you know, some dried blueberries to throw on my salads and things. And one day I just happened to look, flip it over, and it's now has dried blueberries and sugar. Now, how long had it, uh, why you would need to add sugar to dried fruit, I have no clue, but... You can't understand that big corporations come in and buy small businesses, um, and then a lot of times they will they will change the ingredients. It behooves you to when you find something that is whole thirty compatible or whatever elimination diet you're doing compatible. It behooves you every third time to look at the label and just make sure that it's still got what you thought it was in there. Um, because things change all the time. So that's that's a big one. Um, and then, like I said, you can look at the allergens. So, so for instance, for Whole30, that works out really well because you know what you can and cannot have. And so that means you don't have to get your reading glasses out, for some of us, and sit there and read through a whole bunch of ingredients. Also, quite frankly, 
if I pick up something, I just I just went to the I went to Aldi this morning and I picked up something and it was something pumpkin spice and I'm like, oh my god, that sounds good. And I, I'm not on a whole thirty, so you know. But I picked it up and there were more ingredients. I mean, there had to be thirty ingredients and I just was like, Yeah, no, I don't I mean, some of them might be benign, but there's thirty ingredients. This is now a highly processed food and I'm not I'm not doing it. So I just put it back. But label reading is one of the best skills you can learn because it will take you far afield of just Whole30. And I also wanted to go back to your if and then. That is something that you can use for cooking. You can use that for um, I'm going to be out late tonight. So if I'm going to be out late, then what am I going to do for food? That also transfers to every part of your life. If I say yes to this, then I have to do that. So if-then situations are really, really good for real-life situations, not just Whole30. So I did want to say that. Yeah, for sure. And it gives you that pause, right? That pause of just like more mindful, just stopping and acknowledging and understanding, Mm -hmm. you know, what could trip you up. And then on the label reading front, I mean, look, we don't make it easy for people. We, we put a lot of weird health claims on foods that aren't healthy. And I would just say a good rule of thumb is if there are five or more ingredients in a food, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause usually it's ultra processed and the mm-hmm. more processed it is, usually the worse it is for you and the different additives that they slide in. And I think there's this inherent trust that if it's on the store and the, if it's on the shelf in the grocery store, it's safe. And that is just not the case. So you really do forget what's on the front of the claim. Forget if you see heart healthy. Forget if you see healthy, natural, all of that. Go straight to the label. And I also want to point out, because I don't think a lot of people uh, realize this, the ingredients are listed by what there's the most of. So if the main ingredient, the first thing that's on there is like something with OSE, that's a sugar. And so you don't want Mm -hmm. that to be your main ingredient, especially. But so those are very popular in the ultra processed world. So I I think that's a great way to live is just kind of try to avoid ultra processed foods in general. And isn't there like a hundred names for sugar? So they don't, you know, they know that if they put sugar on the label that you may not take it, but they they might put dextrose and you don't know what dextrose is. So you might pick it up. So, yeah, the OSEs. and and my favorite thing is when I'm looking at something and it's three or four ingredients and then there's some sugar and then it's got something else and then there's another type of sugar. I Oh, you love this. Yesterday I picked up some ketchup that we were out to eat and I had a burger and I picked up the ketchup and I was like, it was kind of some off-brand ketchup. And I'm like, okay, let's see how much corn syrup is in this. And it was literally, the first one was corn syrup, then it was tomato puree and then it was hydrogenated oil, and it, it, I think there was like seven ingredients, but it was like gross, gross, and grosser. And so I was like, yeah, we're not putting any of this uh, ketchup here on that. But, I mean, it was just, it's its scary what you learn. It's kind of a buzzkill, I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, I mean, you just, you don't know what you're getting, and it looks like it's, you know, I mean, tomato puree was, I think it was third in the, in, down the line. So both, mostly what I would have eaten had I put that on my burger was corn syrup. I don't eat corn syrup. Yeah, that's <laughs> disgusting. 
Yeah, no, not good. Not Mm-mm. good to have corn Mm-mm. syrup on your burger. And, you know, it, it's terrible, right? It, because you do. You have to be so astute. And so we do do some education around this. You know, when we're doing groups and we have we have clients, you know, I've, I've had that discussion with even health coaching clients, just like having them just understand, you know, what foods serve you and why those foods aren't, aren't great. And again, that's more knowledge, more power. Uh, we do have a free, uh, health network that Debbie springboarded the creation of that anyone can join. We've got articles on things like that and springboarding into the next thing again, I would say, Debbie, when it comes to looking up recipes Mm -hmm. also, there are a lot of frauds out there. So double check even a recipe that claims to be Whole30, and then all of a sudden I look at it closer and I'm like, I don't know this person. And that is not Whole30 compliant. So talk about how they have to kind of navigate that world. Um, Whole30 was very popular for quite some time. And so people knew that if they tagged Whole30, that they would have an audience come to their content. So you have to be, there's all, there's, um, there's all sorts of knockoff Whole30 books. Um, and, you know, I think Melissa's getting ready to redo some of the books. So that'll be interesting to see what, uh, what avenue she goes down with that but um but yeah you just you have to be you have to know your rules you have to know what you can have and what you can't and and honestly if there's something that you're craving you can just google a recipe and you could say i'm trying to think of something um whole 30 beef stroganoff okay and you'll probably get to something that's fairly close, but maybe it's got um, some sugar in it, or maybe it's got some cheese in it. And after a time, you know that you can leave the sugar out. You know that you could use nutritional yeast instead of the cheese. You can do substitutions, which is very helpful. But you want to make sure to read through that recipe before you go out and buy everything, um, just to make sure that you can make it compatible for your, for your program. Yeah, and you will evolve, right? It's just mm-hmm. hard when you're starting, and if you're not, you haven't done it, you kind of want to find some recipes you can rely on that are simple that fit in your lifestyle. Like Debbie was saying earlier, if you're a super busy single mom and you're trying to make these elaborate recipes, <laughs> probably not the best idea. But if you're a single mom, gosh, those sheet pan meals will save your life. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, the more you get comfortable, the more you're able to wing it. But I would not suggest winging it when it's new. So there's always a really there's there's actually a lot of uh, Whole30 coaches uh, that have recipe sites and they are recipe creators and they're great. And so if you ever have a question whether where to get some recipes, you know, we're happy to answer that. You know, both of us have answered questions on social media about Whole30 many 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 times. So yeah, look out for that. And then Debbie, one other thing that I forgot earlier on the tips that I do think is is good for people too when you're just starting is journaling. You know, journaling yes. can be a window to what's going on, another level of accountability and really again, we're looking for mindfulness. Most people don't know how bad they feel until they feel good. And what journaling will do is will tell you if there's anything you had that maybe you deviated from how good you felt the two days before. Sometimes it's eggs. You know, there's times where pay, where clients will have issues with eggs. And so they don't discover that until they get to this point in a whole 30. So Debbie, what do you think the value of journaling is for uh, someone who's just starting? 
If you've just started, I, it, I don't, we don't need you to count anything, but it behooves you to say I had eggs, bacon, and some butternut squash. And, you know, then lunch I had a salad with this, this, and this. And dinner I had steak and broccoli and some nuts. And if you start to not feel good, you might realize that it's after you've had a salad every day at lunch. Because sometimes raw vegetables can be hard on your stomach, especially if you're going from a quote-unquote standard American diet where you've been eating Cheetos and, you know, cake for dinner and stuff like that. And then you go to this ultra-healthy um, program you know, that might be something. If by just jotting down what you have, if you get in the weeds and you just don't feel good about something, you can go back and go, okay, every time I've had this, I've had a headache. Or every time I've eaten this the night before, the next morning, I feel such and such way. And it's a very, very valuable. And what's also valuable besides just writing down what you ate is writing down your mood, just a quick little, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a 10-pager, just, uh, I was tired today, I struggled to, dr to drink enough water, um, you know, I had to do this, this, and this. Just, just kind of give some context to the day, so that if you need to go back, you've got information, you can inform, inform yourself on exactly what's going on. So yeah, there's lots, there's Whole30 quote-unquote, took out the most problematic stuff for the highest amount of people. But we, you know, having done hundreds of these groups or people, we know eggs can be a problem. We know nightshades can be a problem. We know FODMAPs can be a problem. We know high histamine foods can be a problem. Um, I remember one of my clients, she was eating, she fell in love with avocado fries. She was making some avocado fries in the air fryer and she ate them, you know, every night for a week. And she had a histamine response because are avocados healthy? Yes. Are they a great fat? Yes. But they're also high histamine. So while you may not know that, your coach can say, okay, let me see. So for the last three days, she's had histamine, 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 or she's had high FODMAP foods or, you know, whatever. So we can kind of put things together that maybe wouldn't jump out at you. So that's why it's super helpful for us. Yeah, and that's why it's like, it's not the food is good or bad. It's how does the food work for you? Because there's plenty of foods out there. You can go through pros and cons. There's almost every food on the, there is, you can go, although there's, there's very little pros really when it comes to alcohol or sugar. There's really right. not a lot of right. upside there. Okay. So maybe uh -uh. enjoyment and you think you're enjoying yourself, but then you realize when you start logging in your journal that that wrecked your sleep the night before. So these these uh -huh. things um, are are big for for people to do, and I really do think that learning what's best for you, not following a formulaic. Um, the internet tells me that I shouldn't eat gluten. You know, <laughs> I mean, look, gluten's an issue for a lot of people. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to a world of at least in the United States where I would say gluten free is better for most because we are seeing so many reactions to what's going on. And that's not a product of the food. It's a product of how we're harvesting crops and Farming. glyphosate and everything else, you know, the non-organic world. So it, it gets, it can get complicated, but that's where a health 
uh, a health coach or a whole 30 coach can help you. And, um, yeah, this is like our sad portion, you know, of the show because, um, the buzzkill for everybody here it comes. So, uh, I had someone on Instagram, whole 30 advanced whole 30 certified coach. Debbie and I are both that qualification. And, I had taken it off of my name on Instagram and someone said to me, I swore it said you were a whole 30 coach before. And I said, Oh, I am. And they said, well, why did you take it off? And I said, well, actually, because as of November, I will not be a whole 30 certified coach anymore because HQ is basically shutting down the coaching distinction for us. So that doesn't mean we're going to stop coaching. Um, as health coaches, which is what we are now, which that's another episode about health coaching in general, we can take, as far as I'm concerned, clients through whichever eating protocol they would like to do. If it happens to be a Whole30, we can certainly help you. But Debbie, I think we should let people know, though, just how cool a community we did have with this Whole30. I mean, you and I wouldn't have met, and you know, we're such good friends, and we have such a tight-knit group. And, and just talk about, let's, let's get sentimental. We'll talk about what Whole30's brought to us in the way of people. First of all, I want to say, Christy and I and Hazel, who uh, we typically coach with, we're all holistic health coaches. So we can, we can do any type of health coaching. I mean, we can use keto. We can do this. We can do that. Um, And Whole30 is just a tool. Whole30 taking away my advanced level 42 things behind my name that I had for Whole30 doesn't make me any less an expert. Okay. So if you and that and I mean that for all of the Whole30 coaches, if you have a question, reach out to the Whole30 coaches. They do this because they love to do it, not because they're getting rich off of it. They just want to see people feeling better. So anytime, you know, that person that said, I thought you were a Whole30 coach, ask the question still. Um, Because Whole30 is a good tool. It's something that I'm going to continue to use in my holistic health coaching. And I know we will. We'll continue to do groups and things. Um, A Whole30 headquarters, for whatever reason, and I'm sure you can hear the sarcasm there, decided that they didn't want to go forward with it, which to me is just, it's just really, really sad because the nicest people I have met in the world have come through my Whole30 community, be they clients, be they other coaches. I mean, we used to have these uh, Whole30 summits and we would all get together and it was just, I'm going to say amazeballs because it was. I mean, when you're, and I know Christy will appreciate this, when you're a nutrition geek, Nobody really wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear about your stuff. So when you find your people, it was amazing. It was just like, ah, these are my people. So we're all going to keep each other, whether Whole30 HQ wants us to or not. Um, But it's such an amazing community. And what I really love about it is this is a group of people, these coaches are so in tune with things. They, they're going to bigger and better things. We, ha- we Several of our friends have gone on to, well, Sonny's gone on to work at Levels. Um, you know, some have gone into nursing. I mean, it's just, it's really, really an amazing community. So it's, it makes me sad that we may not ever all get together. But being that I live in an RV, every time I go somewhere, I'm like, oh, I can go meet, I'm going to Kansas City. Let me go hook up with Terry, you know, and so it's, it's really wonderful. 
I don't know what direction Whole30 is going to go into, and I guess it really doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm just going to continue to coach old school Whole30, and um, because I know that's what works for the most amount of people. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and they you can't take away the hundreds that we've helped. You can't replace the notes and the emails Mm-mm. and the that you've and texts that you, we've gotten that said that you helped me change my life. I mean, that is the reason why we do these things. It's just, I'm always like an open book when it comes to my journey, because I'm, I'm just like, well, if I can share something that's going to help somebody, somebody can pick up that breadcrumb on the trail. That is, that's to me, like one person listens to this podcast and it helps them. I've, to me, done a I've done my part. I've, I've tried to pass this along and try to help others. So people are going to hear this again. The whole theme of the Ripple Effect Connection podcast is that you hear it, it helps you, but also pass it along to someone else who might need to hear it. And there are plenty of people who need to hear this because we have done just not a great job of normalizing feeling poor um, in this in this country. And so I, right. if you're not feeling well and you think this is normal, it's not, okay? And you do have things in your control that you can do, and this is one of them. But yes, I, I'm always forever going to be thankful for Whole30 springboarding this, but I also know the value of health coaching. And one of the values of health coaching to me, and you can attest to this, it's having a client for six months, you experience everything with them. So in six months, you have some issue with work, some relationship issue, there's a holiday, something comes up unexpected, maybe you fall off a wagon of what you plan to do. In six months, You get to see all of it and you get to have a health coach help you through it so that you can deal. And I think that that's the huge value that there is on health coaching. Yeah, I think it's kind of like having your own fairy godmother um, or godfather for that matter, because nobody's more interested in you than you typically, unless you have a health coach. And then the health coach is super interested in you. And you don't really get that a lot. Um, And, you know, to your point, I know all the hoops that I jumped through. I know all the doctors who shut me down. You know, uh, you probably ought to write down medical gaslighting because that's going to be something we're going to want to talk about. Uh, And for me, if I can help you navigate those waters so you don't have to go through the things that I had to go through, then I really want to do that because it was not, you know, finding out about my autoimmune diseases. If you have one, you typically have two. Um you know, finding someone that would listen. And I had a functional med- woman, functional medicine doctor as I was starting menopause. And I was like, okay, here's what's going on. Dut, 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 dut. And I'm fairly well informed, you know, I mean, I don't go in there with my Google bachelor's degree or anything, but I'm pretty well informed. And she's like, oh, it's just too bad. You're going to have to live with that. And I was like, are you kidding me? So we don't want you to have to do that. Um, we both have been on that side of the um, spectrum with some doctors, so so we feel that very acutely. But, you know, if you take one thing from every podcast that Christy does, then it's helping, and that's what we're here to do. You're right. Medical gaslighting is a whole, whole separate topic. It's horrific, the things that I've heard, you know, working at the clinic with with, uh, Dr. Cole and the team, some of our patients, the things that they have had said to them, the fear 
that's been putting them is just, and I could get off on a tangent, so I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna leave it there because I know it's a separate S. Yeah. That's why I, I said. know, but you know me, I get fired <laughs> up because I just, I can't take the, the treatment is just not right. So just know that we've always got your back. Um, we, we want you to never feel alone that we're continuing this journey. We're going to continue to talk about some topics that will be whole 30, you know, related food, freedom, reintroduction. We could do separate podcasts on that. Uh, but Debbie, you know, I know that, you know, our listeners will be hearing more from you, but if you want to right now, I'd share where they can connect with you between episodes so that they can follow you on social media for all the wonderful free information that you do put out in the world. Well, you're very sweet. Thank you. I would say the very first place to go is to our uh, Empowered Health platform. That is a free network. Christy and I and Hazel and uh, Suzanne are all in there. Um, anytime we see an article that we think just resonates or we see a recipe or anything that we find health forward, we put in there because that platform will always be there. It won't go away. So anything I don't want to lose, I make sure to put in there. Um, and it's free. Um, we do run our courses out of there. Those sometimes are paid. There are some free courses in there. But anything that's free is open to you. You just kind of sign up, jump in, and start looking around. If you want to find me on social media, I'm at Motivate Me Love. And that's my Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook a whole lot. But if you need something, I'm under Debbie Marlowe, Holistic Health Coach. And then my email is letschat at motivateme.love. Um, and you can, you know, just always hit Christy up if you need me for anything. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to help. So if you need something, just let me know. Anyone could feel free to reach out to us. If you've got a topic you want us to talk about that uh, you want us to dive into, you know, we're all we're all ears. Uh, share your story with us. What I, I loved about the first few episodes was how many people shared, you know, with another person. They said, oh, this was amazing. I got some amazing notes, especially on the why um, podcast. And then my friend Robin that did one of the other episodes, like everyone loved the episodes. And so the, again, this is what we're trying to do. We don't, you know, we're not making money on the podcast. We're not really making money on the, the website. Mm -mm. This is just a way for you to kind of get away from everyday life and focus on you. So hopefully, and I still think no matter who we're interviewing here, Anyone can learn from anyone's journey, regardless of what field they're in and what they do for a living. So if you are like, well, I don't, you know, Randy Myers was on the last episode and or one of the last episodes and he's involved in golf. Well, you're like, well, I don't, I don't really like golf, but you can learn about a, how to do a fitness program and a, you can learn B, you can learn from his journey and the things that he's gone through and all the technological advancements, like maybe you've got a child that plays junior golf or junior sports he's got great advice for them so the whole purpose is take one pass it down right you know that's that's the yeah. that's the purpose so we'll, we'll yeah. be back we'll be back and i know you'll be back debbie so we're just gonna say we have a lot to talk about we, we do <laughs> we're never short on that so you know we, we can talk about anything for 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour so be be ready for that but debbie thanks for joining today and we and we know it's we'll see you again soon all right. My pleasure. Thank you. That's a wrap for this episode of Ripple Effect Connection. We hope you enjoyed our Coach's Corner discussion on Whole30. A big thank you to Debbie for joining us. Consider a Whole30 to help you uncover what works best for you. 
It's the most important self-experiment you will ever do. Use the tips and tricks you heard here and go for it. 30 days isn't a lot when you're talking about something that can change the rest of your life. I'm always up for talking about Whole30 and I'd love to hear from you. So connect with me on social media and let me know what resonated with you. Reach out on Instagram at Whole Health Christy, and you can get the full show notes for this and all episodes on my website, christyhugic.com slash podcast. Next, spread the inspiration. Like, follow, review, and share the podcast with others who may benefit from this information. Stay tuned for the next episode of Ripple Effect Connection. Let's create waves of change together.